welcome again to another edition of The Pastor in Your Pocket. And I uh, have a great question uh, that came in uh, just actually just today. Uh, so I wanted to just bump this one to the top of the list since it was uh, hot off the presses in uh, someone's mind. And the, the topic or the question was, what about double-mindedness? What does it mean to be double-minded uh, in the scriptures? How does double-mindedness affect us in our daily decisions, in our walk with the Lord? Um, is it something I need to be concerned about? How big of a deal is it? All of those kind of things. And so we're going to dive in and find out what does it mean and what does scripture say about being double-minded. So the verse that is being referenced, and y'all pardon me that are watching by uh, Facebook Live, I'm going to hop around between screens, if you notice. But I'm just going to read it from the New King James Version. It says, uh, and we have to back up to verse 5 in James chapter 1. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given unto him. But let him ask in faith, no doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea and tossed, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded in all his ways. So we see this reference to double-mindedness. The scripture says he is a double-minded man. I love that it was connected because I hadn't remembered that uh, when the person asked me the question that it was actually connected to the famous passage about if you lack wisdom, let you ask from God, ask God for wisdom and he will give it to you. And I love that without reproach, no shame, no condemnation. Whenever we come to God and ask him, especially for wisdom, he never looks at us and goes, you dummy, you should know better. Never does that. He is generous. I love it. It says he is liberal. Uh, he is abundant in giving us wisdom. The only quote unquote requirement is this requirement of ask in faith, ask in persuasion, ask believing, and he will give it to you. Otherwise, you're driven to and fro and tossed because you're a double-minded person. Now, what that word double-minded, literally I looked it up uh, this afternoon in the Greek language, it's dipsychos, which means of two souls or of two minds or two-minded, or we might say it like this, double-minded, or we might say it like this, of two opinions. You are double opinioned. You have two opinions going on. And as I did some research, the context of that double opinion is the opinion of God and the kingdom of God and the opinion of the world and the way the world does stuff. So this doesn't mean uh, necessarily that we're talking about someone who has just got two thoughts going on in their brain. They got two uh, competing thoughts, although that can mean that. It really is talking about someone who is coming to God. They're needing wisdom on what kind of decision to make, but they have two worldviews that are competing, two kingdom mindsets that are competing. God's mind on something and the world's mind on something, and, and they're tossed back and forth between the two. Now, before we unpack this a little bit more, and I've got one of my very, very old, this is fun, just fun, one of my oldest study tools. Let me see, i got to get this. The 26 translations of the Bible. This is a set of books my mom gave me when I first started in ministry 20-something years ago. It happens to be on the shelf behind me, and I was looking at this, and 
forgot my main Bible at home and thought, man, I wish I had my Bible. And I turned around and said, oh, I haven't used you in quite a while, especially since the advent of the internet. These little books have been waiting for some love. So we're going to read from them in a minute. But let me just kind of set this up as a practical sense of how we can um, apply this verse and how this verse helps us. Um, have you ever been in a spot where you're trying to decide what to do? Or maybe you can look at your life and go, man, in a certain area of my life, I am just unstable. I am all over the map. I am up, I'm down. You might say I'm bipolar, I'm whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm just like this. When it comes to whatever this area of my life is, I am unstable in this area. And many times we, we might be that person. We might know someone like that or have someone in our life who is like that and they kind of go through stuff and it's a turbulent period. But I have learned from this one verse, whenever I feel really turbulent about something, Lord, I'm faced with a decision, what do I do? How do I navigate what's in front of me? And I'm feeling this instability. Uh, many times people might look at you and go, well, just hurry up, Brad, make a decision. Just hurry up and why don't you just choose something? Just pick. Come on, just hurry up, make a choice. And even though that's not necessarily bad advice, it's the wrong place to start before you get to that point. There is a step that we need to do before we make that choice. And the step is what this scripture is saying is, is we need to then get single-minded, then we can make the choice. What is causing us indecision isn't the lack of a choice. It isn't the failure to choose. What is causing us to be unstable is that we have two opinions. Again, at a very high level, it may be the kingdom of God opinion and the world's opinion. It could be, uh, again, it could just be God is leading you to do something you've never seen before and everything in your life is telling you, no, you got to do it this way because this is what we've always done. This is what you've always done. It's always been this way. It's never going to be any different. But yet God is nudging you or leading you to maybe take a step of faith or maybe to move you in a certain direction, right? And, and I'll see if time allows me to unpack a current event in me is a bit of an example. I hope to help. But before we do that, I want to lay that groundwork that I have learned when I am unstable, when I feel like I am in a topsy-turvy place in my life and I've got some decisions to make and I'm uncertain of what to do and I'm pulled back and forth, that is not, the first thing I, I do is not make a decision. The first thing I've learned to do is to get my mind single focused on the word of God and what God says about this situation. And then from that focused singularity, if you will, of thought in mind, that single opinion, then we take a step forward, right? It's actually interesting. This word double-minded appears in the same book. And I'm going to read this, uh, some of this from this James one again here from this multiple translation Bible I have, but in, in James chapter four, and let me just jump over there and read it. I found this interesting in looking at this, the famous uh, about being patient, you know, and humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you uh, in due time. But in James chapter four, 
it goes on and talks about that about in verse seven. It says, so submit yourself to God. Verse eight says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you're double, you double-minded. And, and I love that thought that's in there. And there's no time in this one podcast to unpack deeper meaning from this one verse. But the fact that here, James again uses the term too sold, too opinioned. He says, and what you have to do, if you find yourself of double mind, he says, purify your mind, purify your heart, purify the seat of your emotions. That's that word cardia in, in the Greek language, purify your soul. Now, what do we mean by purify? It means get the impurities out, right? It means, I would say it like this. He says, focus, focus your heart, focus your soul, right? Get that in place and focus it and purify your heart because you're double-minded. So the first thing we do, if we, again, if I'm unstable, if there's something going on in my life and I'm finding myself in the valley of decision and I don't know which way to go and I've got some competing things warring and pulling at me, then the first place I go is to scripture, to the Bible and say, God, help me get single-minded, get single opinioned somewhere in this theme, in this topic, in this decision, I am being torn between two opinions. Let, let's look at this. It says, I'm going to read this multiple translations back to James 1.8. And again, remember he says, if you lack wisdom, man, go to God. If you don't know what to do, I guess I should back up like that. If I, if I, if I don't know what to do, I'm going to God. I'm going to God in in the word and I'm going to God in prayer asking him to give me the wisdom I need. But his wisdom is gonna bring me to a place of single-mindedness. And he says, so therefore, ask in faith, don't doubt, because if you're doubting, you're tossed like a wave in the sea, you're double-minded, and it says, and you're unstable in all your ways. Let's look at some different translations. The, good, the Godspeed translation says it like this, an ill-resolute person like this who is uncertain about everything he does. What does it mean to be double-minded? You're irresolute and you're uncertain about what you're doing. Man, I know I've felt that before. Man, irresolute, that just means I, I don't have a stake in the ground. I haven't driven the point home enough to say this is what I'm doing, right? I'm uncertain in what I'm doing. That means I'm double-minded. So when I face this uncertainty in myself, in my soul, I know that means I am double-minded about this and I've got to get single-minded. It says, and the Weymouth translation says, being a man of two minds who is undecided in every step he takes. So again, if I'm two-minded, if I've got two sets of thoughts going on, competing with each other, that's gonna make me undecided. It's gonna make me hesitant. You know, jokingly, I say all the time, hesitation is the leading cause of roadkill, right? <laughs> you, you know, what, what got the squirrel squished on the highway? He was double-minded. Should I go for it or should I go back? Should I go left or should I go right? What, what's gonna happen? And pow, he gets hit, hit by the car, right? He was undecided. I love in Moffat's translation here, it says a double-minded creature that he is, he's wavering at every turn. 
He's just, again, that, that imagery of he just doesn't know what to do. It says in the, uh, the Beck's translation, it says he is half-hearted and wavering in everything he does. So we get this imagery that, again, this double-souled person, this double-minded person, this double-opinioned person. And guys, please hear me. We have all been there. Good gracious, I know I've been there. Been just double-minded. Lord, I am unsure what to do. I am unsure of which way to go. And, and, and that area of my life can be turbulent until I can get my mind, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my opinions, until I can get them singled and singly focused on what God says in his word and what God is leading me to do, I'm going to be double-minded. So I don't want this to ever come across or anyone to hear uh, any condemnation in this. Because again, we have all been there in some areas. And I found that even sometimes in my life, I'm double-minded in one area and I'm solid in another, right? I'm good and strong. You come up to one area of my life and I am single-minded, buddy. I am. I know what God has said. I know what the word says. I got my resolution in place. My stake is in the ground in this area and I am not moving. Praise God, I am there and I'm making good decisions. I'm making solid decisions and, and I'm moving forward. And there can be a whole nother area of my life where I'm just, Wah! you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm being tossed around like a wave of the sea. But, and that just lets me know, oh, in that area, I'm just double-minded. Doesn't mean I'm unsaved. Doesn't mean I'm failing. It just means, oh, I've got to get myself single-minded in this area. I've got to go, and again, principally, I've got to go see, what God, what have you said in your word about this? What kind of instruction can you give me from here? Remember, God leads us principally in Scripture. He leads us through either a clear command, do this or don't do this. He leads us in an overarching wisdom principle. Here's the wisdom of God on this topic. There's no clear do or don't, but there's a good pathway of wisdom. And then finally, he leads us by the voice of our born-again human spirit, the voice of our conscience, and he guides us through that still small voice in our conscience. All three will bring us to single-mindedness. So now, to kind of land the plane on this and to hopefully kind of tie this um, into a way that's helpful is, is this. So for, well, let me back up. So about seven years ago, at the time of this recording, uh, we were moving from Canada where we were pastoring and we were returning back here to Alabama where I'm from. Um, in that period of time, I began to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. I can identify that now. It was one of those nudges of God that by the Spirit of God, he was nudging me to study and read the life of a man by the name of George Mueller. Now, George Mueller is, uh, for those history buffs, you may know who he is. For those that don't, he was in the 1800s. He was a, uh, a, a preacher. He was a minister. Uh, he went from Germany. He went to England and went to Bible school. Uh, there in Bible school in England, God began to deal with him about two things, about a radical trust in, in the Lord. And he began to think about from the scriptures how God said, hey, ask me for things. Just the same verse that we were reading. Hey, if you like wisdom, ask me. 
or Jesus in the gospels when he said, hey, do you need something? Ask me because I won't give you something deadly. I won't give you a, a, a stone instead of bread or a scorpion instead of something good. I will give you what you ask for. And he began to be inspired, George Mueller did, in this radical trust that God will take care of even the smallest details of our needs because he loves us and all we have to do is ask him. And so Mr. Mueller felt the Lord leading him from scripture and by the spirit to just trust God for everything and to ask him for everything. And to the point where God said, okay, now I want you to open an orphanage because he saw the, um, the urchin children of, of Liverpool or Brist, Bristol, I think it was in Bristol, if I remember right. He, in, in Bristol, he, he saw uh, the, the street children, the, the working class children, just running around the orphan children of the city. And God began to lead him to start an orphanage. But God said, you can't ask anybody for anything. You can only ask me. And I want to show through your life how I will take care of you. Right? And I just read these biographies. To date, I've read, I think, all the biographies I can find. I've, I've read them or listened to them on audiobook. Just being nudged by the Spirit to trust God and to just be in this radical place of trust. And to be honest, for, for seven years, there has been turmoil, not terrible, but there has been a, a unstableness in me because we were coming here to Alabama, didn't know what God fully was doing, didn't know if I was stepping away from ministry permanently, knew that God had called me to pastor and to lead his people, knew that God had given me an ability to teach the word, all these things, and, they were, and I was unstable for a time. I was unstable in my ways. I was back and forth and vacillating. Lord, what do I do? Do, do I take a bold step of faith and go into ministry? Do I, I, I mean, at the time, okay, I, I started a handyman business and I'm working in construction but at the same time having a desire to pastor. And there was this pull in me, right, to do some stuff. And guys, listen to me. And my biggest struggle, to be honest, was I couldn't see some of the stuff I read about George Mueller in the Bible, in the sense of the things that he asked God for stuff, but this radical, I'm just gonna trust God and get out there and, and I'm not gonna do anything. Now he worked, now let me get that, he did work, he wrote books, he did all kinds of stuff. So he wasn't sitting on the, on the couch watching TV. So I don't wanna make it sound like that. But I had this struggle about, Lord, what do I do? And, and even still, even today, as I'm, I'm allowing my mind to get single-minded on this, I go to scripture. And the reason why I say that is, is because all throughout the New Testament, most of it you read about, hey, work with your hands, right? Paul was a tent maker and an apostle to the Gentiles, right? You see all throughout the scriptures that the early church people, they ministered and they worked. There was very few of them um, that went out into what we might call quote unquote full-time ministry. And I couldn't see some things very clearly in scripture until recently, until things began and, and again, please hear me, this is seven years now. And I'm not saying that's how long it's gonna take you that's how long it's took me. And, and sometimes I'm just, um, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but bless God, I am in the drawer, right? And so I've just went back and forth and, 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 and look at this, but over time, faithfully, as I continually go to God and say, God, show me, give me wisdom. And he shows me the next step to do. 
Okay, God, show me how to clarify what you're asking of me to do. And he brings people and resources and clarity from the scripture into my mind. And I'm making better and more determined, resolute decisions. And, and over that time, the double-mindedness is way down, especially in the last several months as we've done different things and things have come here. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I believe I'm, I'm connecting all the dots over these seven years of what you've been leading me to do, right? I can see, ah, the George Mueller piece. You're asking me to radically trust you. You're asking me to put my faith in you and look to you to take care of me. Ah, okay, I've learned some great stuff in running my business and being out in the construction world and in the business world. And, and I've seen some things of you that, that teach me how to provide and, and do different things. And those things are in place. Oh, wow, God, I'm seeing your faithfulness. I, I wasn't leaving my calling. I am called to pastor and teacher. I am, I am called to do these things and you're opening doors of opportunity, right? So that now, and again, I, I hope this example makes sense. Please let me know if it does. If you need clarification, I, I'd love to just talk about this more. But even to, to now where I stand back and go, okay, God, I know what I need to do. And as of today, it's, it's not the final step, but I know, okay, for this season, I need to give so many days a week into my business and begin to empower and give people space to take over that. And I need to give so many days into the, into the ministry you've called us to, into the church family you've given us to. I need to open up some new opportunities you've provided for other streams of income to come in that are very much parallel to ministry. And it's a process of walking it out, right? Now there's still some days, man, I get up and, I, and, and it's the, the winds of doubt have whipped up and, and my double-mindedness catches me. And I have to stop and go, no, no, no. And I've learned when those times happen, I don't make any major decisions at that moment. I come back to scripture. I come back to the points of meditation that I've been meditating on. I come back to thinking about, okay, Lord, what, where have you led me? Where have you brought me from? I take myself through what the Bible calls the Ebenezer moments. I go back and revisit his faithfulness in these past years to me in the, in the chain of connections that he's brought me to. And I meditate and I, and I stir up on the inside of me. Okay, yeah. And here, this is what this was for. Okay, again, George Mueller, this was why you were leading me to study George Mueller's life. I, I got it. Okay, wow, this is what you're leading me to understand about working in ministry, both outside and inside the church. Okay, great. Oh, wow, here's people and things you brought into me to give to me practical things that I didn't know before, and it's helping me establish new stuff. Oh, wow, Father, you've blessed us with such a great church family and you are increasing and growing what we're doing. And so I'm gonna take a step of faith. That, so I hope that makes sense. So that now, and again, and I'll, I'll land the plane fully on this one. So that now again, I'll just lay it out because y'all that are watching are our church family. So my determination as of now, many of you were here just a few weeks ago when there was a powerful word from the, from the Holy Spirit over me about trusting him and taking a step of faith and, and moving out. So it's helped me in this time to sit there and say, okay, God, Monday through Wednesday, I'm gonna give it to the business, I'm gonna give it to those things and get some things in place to even shorten up those days, right? 
uh, lift up one of my guys that's been so faithful to work with me and put him in a position of greater leadership and empower him and help him to, um, yes, what you're sharing. Yeah, double-mindedness. That's right, James. Double-mindedness when we're asking for wisdom on something, right? And just sharing a little bit of my own process and how that when we're in a place of double-mindedness, when we're in a place and, and the word is of two opinions. When we're being tossed about between two opinions, what do we do in those moments? And number one, we go to God. That's what those scriptures say. Ask him, right? Ask him in prayer and ask him from the word of God, right? Lord, what are you saying about this? And many times our double-mindedness is, it's a kingdom-mindedness and it's a worldview or world culture-mindedness that are fighting. And we have to identify which one that is. And obviously as Christ followers go with the kingdom minded one and put the world minded one aside. But even in that, even if we're in a valley of decision within the kingdom, Lord, what do I do is I'm looking at stuff because sometimes there's not clear scriptures that says, Hey, Brad Holloman in 2017, you're going to start a church in Alabama. And then in 2020, you're going to buy a building in the middle of a pandemic. And then, Hey, listen, I'm blessing it. And what do you do next? I, I can't find clear scriptures with my names on them, but I can see principles. Lord, what do I do? And then I can see his faithfulness in leading me, right? And so back to what I was saying is when we look at these kind of things and we, and we look at my own life, and I'm trying to use it as an example over these past seven years has been, Lord, you led me to study something. And, and here's the wisdom you were giving me from studying George Mueller's life. This is the piece I need to take that is from you, right? And then as I look at scripture and see, oh yes, it's good for us to work with our hands and do something and, and be productive in our communities, in our cultures. Uh, and it's okay to be tent making as a minister. And it's okay to be, if you will, bivocational. Uh, and we started out that way. But then as God leads and he says, okay, son, it's time for you to give more attention to the church family I'm, I'm, lead, I'm giving you to lead to the people I'm giving you to pastor and to steward over. They need more of the gift that's on the inside of you than I can give if I'm working like I was working. And so through this process of this struggle of Lord, it's, it's radical trust. It's not being lazy. It's, but it's still following the calling that you put on my life so that now I can sit there and say, well, now I know what to do. Here's so many days I'm gonna to give to this for this transitional period. And then I'm gonna give three days into the ministry work and do things like what I'm doing now with you and do other things and to touch the kingdom of God through what he's gifted me to, to do. And it helps in those to stabilize that because the stability isn't in, I guess what I'm trying to say and to, to wrap it up and I apologize for the, blah, 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 the the ramble, but the stability comes not necessarily from the choice, but from going through the process of getting my mind, my soul, my opinion, single-minded to understand that if I'm facing turbulent stuff in my soul with decisions, it's because I'm holding two opinions. I'm trying to manage two opinions. And if I'm trying to manage two opinions, scripture says I will be double-minded and unstable in this area. So before I make decisions, I have to put one decision down 
and go with God's opinion. And whether that's God's opinion about me, God's opinion about the subject under discussion, God's opinion about how I should conduct and order my life, I have to center my life and focus my life on God's mind about the topic under discussion. Guys, remember, the scripture says that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. That doesn't mean you can't get there. It just means they're gonna be higher than yours. They're gonna be different than yours. They're, they're gonna be uh, sometimes radically different than yours. They're gonna be things that maybe you had never seen or heard of before, but you can, again, see through scripture and through the leading of the Holy Spirit, no, this is God's way of doing things. And even though I've never gone that way before or seen anyone go that way before, I'm gonna start moving in that direction. And it's that singleness of opinion, that singleness of mind that brings stability, not necessarily the choice alone. It's first of all, getting my mind focused, getting my mind centered on God's will and his opinion. And then from that place, he will show you what to do. And then you can make that firm step forward in persuaded faith because you know where the decision came from. And I guess maybe I should have said that earlier. Uh, what gives you the ability to make a firm step in, in these moments is when I can say, let me show you the scriptures that I'm standing on. Let me show you the things of the kingdom, the concepts of the kingdom that I'm basing my decision on. I have first centered my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. I have centered my soul on the kingdom. And I know what father's thoughts are here and I can show you what father's thoughts are. And then I can tell you why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I hope that helps. Again, please let me know. Thank you, Alicia. I see that, that you're saying it's helping. Uh, just let me know if there's, there's more uh, that I can clarify on that. I want to keep this conversation going and not let this be too long because we're already at about 32 minutes in. Uh, thank you all for hanging out with me this long. Uh, I'm going to put this up on our podcast stream so it's available uh, for you to share out or as well. You can share out here uh, on Facebook. Um, as always, just enjoy these times. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time for the Pastor in Your Pocket.